Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode here of Two Minutes Roughing. I'm, of course, your host, Miley Grado, as always, joined by... The Prospector, and uh, this was not... How about this? This is a very interesting week for news, but not in the way one would expect. Yeah. Um, I mean, just, just so people get an idea, we're recording this on the night Nick Saban retired, and, of course, everyone knows, I go to Alabama! So, uh, I... I got to go mourn our loss at the statue and uh, everything like that. I'm also a Titans fan, so I'm currently in, and and, and I, I want to. Um, but then, otherwise, okay, all right, buddy. Okay, shut up, <laughs> shut up. We're not talking about that. We're, we're, hey, we're yo, talking about look, me. We're let me about, celebrate, this okay? About me. Let me celebrate. This show's about me. No, no, I'm not giving you that chance because I am in mourning. Guy, I could have said something really mean there. Wow, I could have said something really mean there. But yeah, you're morning. Yeah, you. What? Well, okay, actually, I want. I have a question for you. Uh-huh. What was that deal with the Coke bottle? What the hell are y'all doing down there? Uh, people are leaving uh, offerings uh, for Saban to come back. <laughs> I thought that's what you guys were doing, but I'm just like, what the fuck? I thought that's what you guys were doing. That's what it looked like y'all were doing, but I wasn't yeah. sure. Mark, Mark, have you never offered tributes to someone? Not really. I'm not really that type. I'm not. I'm not a religious or cult person. Hey, I am. Why, why are we using the cult word, buddy? You, you I got mean, a problem? I said religious yeah, yeah. or cult. I said religious or cult. I'm... No, 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 no. I'm, I'm, I'm taking a little offense to that one. <laughs> to be fair, cult. To be fair. Alabama football is like a cult. That, 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 that there might be some truth to that one. <laughs> <laughs> okay, for a anyway. lot of football teams. Yeah, I mean, but yeah, we've had a lot of news. Of course, UFL uh, with spring football. That's good. That's yeah, been a lot of fun. Been busy with that. Oh yes, I have. Um, but otherwise, you know, a lot of stuff to talk about. I mean, do you want? To, I'll let you kind of lead the charge on this one because. Uh, I've been, I've been, I've been a little busy. I've been kept oh, up dude, with I've, the I've been the same much. way. Like we record, we're actually, yeah. we're still, we were going to record the, uh, the previous night, uh, yesterday night, and uh-huh. because of my work schedule becoming very weird, very fast, that I had to, yeah, we couldn't record. Um, but yeah. so this happened. So these rules were apparently effective. So yeah. the FPHL, the Federal Prospects Hockey League announced new rules on January 7th. Um, like, this is mid-season rule changes. They're basically, it's because of all the stupid shit that has happened already this year. And it's to the point where I'm going to call these rules, especially this first rule, the Amesbury rule. Mm-hmm. But apparently these rules are also effective January 4th, so these are rules that would have affected... Um, Specifically, the games this past weekend, actually. Uh, yeah. Any games this past weekend, like, they would have technically been in effect for those. But this wasn't announced until uh, a few days ago. Um, First rule is the biggest one in regards to multiple game suspensions. Any team that has, that player, that has a player that has received a suspension of two or more games will have their 18-man game night roster reduced by one player per occurrence until time until time suspension expires. So they're eight, so say 
I'm going to put it out there, Danbury. Now, I'm curious, I'd say Danbury, they get a player suspended for three games. Mm-hmm. That's for three games, that is a 17-man roster. Now, not only that, um, in addition to a roster reduction, the impacted team's head coach will be suspended for one game for every two games said player receives. So, how long was Ainsbury suspended for again? 18 games. So, if this rule had been in effect for until like when the season started, that would have been Billy McCree would have been suspended for nine games, technically. Mm-hmm. And this is something else that needs to be noted. There is no limit to the amount of roster reductions or coach suspensions any offending team incurred so multi multiple game suspensions overlap. So you can't exactly get out their free card there either. Like this is this is a rough one. Trading waiver expiring four game PTOs will not impact the aforementioned team and or coach penalties. So that's something to keep in mind as well. The requirement to provide a qualified and approved coach behind the bench remains in, in the case of a suspended coach, which makes sense. Now, next to this though, next to this like tagline, it is appealable. Now, I'm sure it is for the player, but I'm sure it's definitely appealable for the coach as well. So I'm yeah. sure coaches will uh, be looking at that or hopefully try not to have get put in that position in the first place. Yeah, the, that's the thing, though. Like, I, I, I mean, I just, I'm just, I know I pulled this situation from the situation a lot, but like, should, should a coach? I'm trying to remember who was behind the bench at that time in Knoxville. I'm forgetting at the moment, but when the Jason Price incident happened, should the coach have gone suspended for that? You know, like they didn't maybe tell Jason. For, we think maybe not for that, but maybe for the incident that happened this past weekend. But we'll get to that later. Yeah. Well, um, yeah, I don't know. There's there's a thing where like sometimes you just have a player go rogue, and I don't know if you exactly can. Drive oh yeah, no, it, I'm sure it's also that. that's why it's also appealable, like case by case. You know, that's that's something that need that I'm glad they put in there. Like, yeah, like I'm yeah. sure it's gonna be a bit of a case by case thing. Um, yeah. something else that's been pretty bad this year in both leagues. Actually, I've been noticing that too. Uh, player leaving players leaving the bench for an altercation. Mm-hmm. It is now an automatic six-game suspension for to the first player that leads the player's bench or the penalty bench because that's just something that we have to worry about now too. Um, first and but it's first player from each team only should multiple players be involved. If there should be multiple players involved, the second identified player to lead the bench um, will get automatic three-game suspensions. These penalties are in addition to any other penalties that may have been assessed during the incident. So that's someone else that like they. I think the feds. I think the feds heard our pleas and like they're tired of the bullshit as well. Yeah, I I think that's definitely possible. But yeah, I mean, I'm I'm not a big fan of the idea that these rule changes are all of a sudden put out mid-season. Yeah, that's the weird part. Because I mean, God, only thing I think of is I think Ansbury's suspension is just about up. So that's the only thing. I'm curious how that like, like. would like any of the current ones? Like, would there be any retro if they're still ongoing? Like, what? Like, I'm guessing not. No, the, the, yeah, it, it, it only applies to stuff that happens past the fourth of January. Yeah. 
So, uh, um, now this is something to keep in mind for the suspended coaches because this is actually really, I would say, pretty lax for a suspended coach. Say your player gets suspended for four games, that means your coach is suspended for two games. So they not get it appealed. Um, suspended coach may have contact with their team until 10 minutes prior to game time. That's really lax. And yeah. then also, suspended coaches may then address their teams in the locker room between periods until five minutes before the start of the next period. Now, otherwise, anytime else, like in between those times, like during game time or after those uh, deadlines have passed, suspended coaches may not have any contact with their team, verbal, electronic, or otherwise. And if they violate those conditions, they'll have an additional fine and suspension. And then at that point, they will not be permitted in the building after one hour prior to game time. So I think because of the previous rule change of the whole, yeah, you could be suspended if your player gets suspended for multiple games. Mm-hmm. I think this is like their compromise, I would say, for suspended coaches. But of course, the violation, like if they for some reason violate these pretty lax rules, then yeah, then they deserve the suspension and fines that come their way. Yeah, that's kind of the thing, you know, it's just like these are probably necessary rules besides the coach part. It's just, you know, maybe you should have done this a little later, you know, that's my thing. Or, yeah, but I can also see like why they're doing it now because it's such a bad thing they want to nip this in the bud now. I can understand that too, like they don't want to deal with it any more than what they've already have. Yeah. All right. Well, speaking of the Fed, do you, are you ready to go and start talking about the Connell division? Uh, yeah. Let me just pull up the standings real fast. Uh, all right. Yeah, we already had another flip happen with one and two. I mean, these teams are going to be fighting for the, the rest of the season, I think, at this point, uh, with Columbus coming at number one. Two-game win streak. They're eight and two in their last ten. I mean, come, come on. Like, it's, it's, it's either going to be Columbus, I think, or Carolina. But Columbus, maybe they're starting to pull ahead because Carolina has 24 games played. Columbus only has 22. That's two games, six possible points right there. I mean, you know, are we potentially seeing a lead kind of start to I don't know, for Columbus? Maybe, but then you look at Carolina's numbers. Yes, they've played two more games. And with those two games, they've allowed – they've – They've scored less goals than Columbus. So Columbus has the far better offense. However, in yeah. two less teams played, the goals against is the exact same. So their def- so Carolina's defense is a bit better too. And they're also 8-2 and two in their last 10. On, and they're on a three-game winning streak. The difference, the biggest difference between Columbus and Carolina is that legitimately, Carolina's won more games but five of their wins have been post-regulation. Yeah. They have not lost a single time past regulation, but that's potentially like if they win those five games in um, regulation, that's five extra points. They're in first place. Like just a couple of those. Like, So that's the real difference there. Mm. Yeah. Uh, I don't know, though. I feel like Columbus might have gotten something, you know, because, you know, for a while they were there and kind of, like, just hanging out in second, just kind of 
scraping by, and then now it feels like maybe the team has gotten that energy back, you know? And I might well, crazy on that one. I mean, it's also like the schedule. Like, I have to look at the schedule real fast. God, Columbus. Oh, my God. Their baby soft schedule. Oh. Uh, it is soft, dude. Yeah. I'm looking I mean, at the schedule. Okay, so let's see. Through February, at the end of February, they play three games against Motor City in Motor City. That's pretty, that's a little tough. But like before that point, they have a one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight game homestand between, and they're playing Baton Rouge and Mississippi. They actually, they only have two road games before that Motor City series, and they're both in uh, Blue Ridge. And play Carolina once, which will be um, actually one week from today. Yeah. So legit. And then they're playing Elmira this weekend too. So this is so soft. Uh, let me, what's Carolina's like too? What the, uh, okay. So they're playing Whiteville a little bit, a lot of Mississippi. They play Danbury. It's pretty soft as well. This is. God, like they're they're gonna tear it up. They're gonna tear it up. It's wild to think that. Okay, legitimate question: Would you happen to know like the most, like the best record in Fed history? What is it? I, I'm I'm I because I don't know myself. But I'm actually gonna take a look because, legitimately, with how these teams are playing and their schedule. They have a shot. <laughs> Let's see. God, I'm absolutely curious. Mm. I wonder if any has any team ever finished above 800. Yes, actually. Yeah, I was gonna say. Uh, yeah, Carolina, so. Carolina did in 2018-2019 with an 856 record. Holy shit! And I think I think that was probably one of the best Fed teams ever. So, uh, I guess. But here's I, the I, thing. Here's the thing, though. Columbus and this current Carolina team, I feel like both could do it. Columbus, yes. This Carolina team, I'm not sold on yet. Well, they, here's the thing, though. They're playing the same freaking teams, the both baby soft teams. And they're playing, and the only tough team they're playing is basically each other, except for like a, a particular like empire opponent. That's literally the difference. Mm. Yeah, like this, they both legitimately have a shot of of actually doing like. I would not be shocked if both teams actually finished above eight hundred. I feel like it's an actual genuine possibility. All right. What do you think? I think it's possible. I definitely do. Especially, actually, yeah, especially with another team we'll talk about, uh, like in a little bit too. There's three teams I feel like Jaylee could actually do. It. All right. Well, we uh, definitely know one isn't Mississippi. Oh boy. Oh yeah. boy. This is exactly what I thought was going to happen with them. Yeah, I mean, come on. We, we we both kind of saw it. Like this is no, we I we all saw it coming. We both saw it coming. 
the Mississippi schedule, do you think that they would take advantage of the situation? But no. They have to split against Baton Rouge and and lose both games to Port Huron. Like, I mean, let's see. One, two, three, four, five, six. They've lost four of their last six games. Mm-hmm. And they've all been at home, too. Yeah. Actually, wait, hold on. Yeah, like, they lost both games to Port Huron, and they've lost twice to Baton Rouge. Like, that's... No. I'll say this. I'd say Baton Rouge is definitely better than Blue Ridge because of this, but... Oh, boy, Mississippi. You better... You got to figure it out, because if you keep losing to Baton Rouge, like, if Port Huron's right Oh, no. I don't want to think about that. Oh no! All right. Uh, so I guess quickly should uh, kind of get to talk about the team uh, in between these two. I'll point you on real quick. Um, not exactly doing great either themselves. No, that was kind. Of, they they definitely like they took care of business against Mississippi, which is good. That was great for them for standing position. Mm-hmm. But then they played Carolina, which. If you don't know, Carolina also didn't have Mario Cavalieri this week, we this weekend, and they won both. And Carolina won both games anyway. Yeah. So that they had a chance, especially on Friday, but then they just fell apart on Saturday. Um, now they have a three-game homestand this weekend against Watertown. Yeah, that's, that feels like a classic Fed matchup. It does. That, that feels, it is. That, that's a classic matchup. It really is. It just like that feels just. It's it's just even the branding, that, uh, I feel like that's actually the oldest like branding pair at this point. Mm-hmm. Which is wild to think about, but yeah, Watertown Port Huron. That could be a fun one. It's gonna be all three are in Port Huron. So Port Huron, Watertown is beatable, but they've also shown flashes of brilliance. This year, mm-hmm. they're a weird team. If Port Huron could get two or three, that would be an absolute fantastic result for them. Yeah. All right. Um, then uh, we already talked about Rich a little bit uh, with Phil. Were we not more dead on when it comes to how Columbus would handle them? Yeah, and like I said earlier, I feel like with the games between uh, Baton Rouge and Mississippi and Blue Ridge and Mississippi. Blue Ridge, yeah, they're definitely the last place amongst between them and Baton Rouge. Mm-hmm. Baton Rouge, I feel like, puts up far more of a fight than Blue Ridge. Like, Blue Ridge, something shows a little flash of talent, but nothing sustainable at this point. Yeah. I mean, they're on a five-game losing streak. Fun fact, no other Fed team is actually has actually lost more than one game in a row other than Blue Ridge. Mm. That's actually kind of wild. <laughs> yeah. Hashtag yeah. parody. All right. Well, then let's talk about the Empire Division. Binghamton. Yeah, the third team that I think might actually hit 800. Yeah, they have a good chance. Oh, boy. Binghamton. Oh, boy. They are a team. 
Yeah. Every week, every weekend, it feels like my confidence in them to win the cup, as my prediction stated, goes higher and higher. They did stumble a couple weekends ago against Danbury, which was scary to, to see. And then they just decided to trounce Motor City, who is a decent team. Just absolutely mm-hmm. trounced them 8-1. to one. Terrifying. <laughs> they were angry, I think. Yeah. <laughs> a little angry, and they decided to take it out on Motor City. I feel a bit bad, because holy shit. Oh, uh, boy. Yeah, they... This team is a... This, I don't know who in the Empire will actually, come playoff time, will actually be able to beat them in a three-game series. No one. It's going to be Binghamton. Legitim- Binghamton going to represent you know the Empire. No. Legitimately, you know which team I think actually has the best shot? Danbury. Oh, oh yeah, that's good. I mean, they're, they're probably going to be, they play- they're probably going to be doing their thing, you know, in the playoffs also. Uh, but, I mean, Danbury's, but anyway, before we get to Danbury, Motor City, uh, like I said, they got trounced by Binghamton. Um, yeah. What else did they did they do? Anything else last weekend? Nope. That was, oh no they they play Watertown yeah. uh, the night before. And they they beat Watertown, which to be fair, that's mm-hmm. something that Danbury has had trouble doing in Watertown. <laughs> that's true. I had, like I said, Watertown's a weird team. Um, Motor City overall, though, Motor City's gotten their groove back for the most part. Like. After what happened with um, them losing their um, captain because of Amesbury, um, they've got the group back a little bit. And but yeah, they, I hate the fact that like they had such a strong start, but it's definitely all gone now. Like they're not even six hundred now. They're not even yeah. six hundred. They're we're they're getting to there. a point where. No, it's not quite that bad yet. It's not that bad yet. But they got to figure things out right now still. As we head, like, we're we're halfway through the season. We're getting to the halfway point of the season. I think this weekend will be halfway for the most part from a lot of teams. And as we head into the latter half of the season, got to start fixing things up because you don't want to still have this kind of like weird vibe going on as we get into spring, you don't want that permeating mm-hmm. playoffs. That's yeah. how you get. That's how you get out of the first round. Mm-hmm. All right, and then uh, we first talked Danbury, Watertown, and Elmira. Just Watertown, they've lost a little bit of their magic. They definitely have. Like I've been saying, like they're a weird team. But both mm-hmm. here's another thing though. Watertown and Elmira, they've also played very few games. They have. Like, I, I think that, that's a part because, of course, I mean, I think that's just basically in part because of how Watertown had that water main issue. Like that caused they, they should be about twenty four by now. Yeah, I mean they'll. I mean they play a three and three this weekend in Port Huron. So I mean, mm-hmm. that's that could be actually a kind of like I said that could be a fun matchup because Port. Like, they're similar records. They are similar record, and given they're both fourth place teams, they and they'll be wanting as many points as possible. Yeah, that could actually be actually kind of fun. 
uh, as as it's gonna be a mid off, but it's gonna be a fun mid off. Mm. And then All Alara. Right. Uh, they're trying. There's not. It's, hope is not lost for them yet. Overall, the last ten, they've actually been four and six. That's not bad. But they definitely need to turn it around a bit more. But their hope is still there for them, in, in my opinion. All right. And finally, we have Elmira just kind of well, sitting true. right there. Yeah, that's what I was saying. Elmira has hope still. They, they still have hope. Like, they're only six points behind and only one game less played. Still behind fourth place Watertown. They still have a very high shot. Who are they playing? I think they're playing Mississippi, I think, this weekend. So that... Uh, yeah. So that... Is, oh, no, 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 no. Yeah, I was going to say, wait, it's not Mississippi. It's, oh, it's Columbus. Uh, Columbus, yeah. Oh, dear. Okay. Uh, Try not to lose too badly, and then prepare for next weekend, because next weekend is going to actually be against Watertown. And that one's going to actually be pretty important. Mm. All right. Well, then let us talk about the upcoming game, starting with tomorrow's as we're recording, but this will be Thursday night. Whiteville at Carolina. Who do you got? I think we both know the answer. Let's say one, two, three. Carolina. Carolina. <laughs> All right, Friday. We start off with Watertown at Port Huron. Who do you have in this matchup? Give me some hydration. All right, you're saying Watertown. I actually am going to go with Watertown also. I think they could be – this is going to be a matchup. Hey, I think it's going to be close, but – And I'll explain why once we get through, like, the games. All right. Uh, Motor City at Whiteville. I don't think this could be fun, but I'm going to say Motor City. I'm going to say Motor City also. All right, this is going to be a classic. Binghamton at Danbury. And this is why we have the rule. Um – Binghamton needs to win to get revenge after the couple of weeks ago. They yeah. got to. I'm picking them and in a more of a they better win situation. All right, I'm going to say Danbury wins, actually. Since it's at home, 102 is going to be there. I, I mean, come I, on. I know. Yeah. That's, uh, like I said, though, Binghamton needs to win. They need yeah. to. All right, um, Elmira at Columbus. Do we just do it? I think we both already know the answer to this one. Also, uh, but congrats on the new minor league baseball team. Baseball yes, the uh, Mississippi Braves can be moving to Columbus in 2025. Bit of a shocker, no? What the fuck is that Mississippi? It's a suburb. It's a uh, suburb of uh, Jackson. Is it actually? Yeah. Wait, wait, wait. Does that mean Jackson had technically two teams at one point? What do you mean? Like, were the Jackson Generals around? No, 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 no. no. The Mississippi Braves moved to Jackson in 2005. The Jackson Generals were long dead. Were they? Man, has it really been that long? Yeah, I can check. God, I, I love how we we are off topic. Went to a completely different sport. Hold on. Oh, um, Jackson. Hang on. That's the Jackson Generals of Tennessee. They're already dead. Also. Oh, that's yeah. the team I was thinking of. Never mind. Yeah, Never yeah, mind. yeah. That was the yeah. team I was thinking of. Yeah. You can't blame me. No, no, no. 
I mean, yeah, it's, it, 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 that's why the Mississippi Braves were called the Mississippi Braves and not the Jackson Braves. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, what the yeah? So, yeah, congrats on the new baseball team, and I'm sure a certain somebody who I seen a post from uh, about it uh, is not bitter about it at all. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, yes. Columbus. Yeah. Hi, Scott. <laughs> Damn, I'm trying to be a little vague. <laughs> Okay. Uh, yeah, Columbus is. Uh, if Columbus doesn't take care of business against Elmira, uh, good job, Elmira. Yes. All right. Last one for Friday: B, uh, Baton Rouge and Mississippi. Baton Rouge. Uh, oh, I'm going to say Mississippi. Uh, interesting split. Okay. Saturday: Watertown at Port Huron. I'm going with Watertown again. All right. I'm going to take Port Huron this time. It, here's Motor City at Whitfield. Why? Uh, okay. It's Watertown's offense. Okay. Tate Leeson and Trevor. I, actually, are they still? Ooh, are they spending still? But I, still, I think Wardon's offense is just better. I think that's going to be the difference. Mm. Um, but yeah, Motor City Blue Ridge again. I'll take Motor City again. I, I'm not confident in Blue Ridge anymore. All right. I would take Motor City. Like Blue Ridge also at this point. That is, one. Like Blue Ridge is starting to become an auto lose for, for me. It's very hard for me to even pick them, even as an upset candidate. All right. Uh, I would say mostly also Binghamton at Danbury. I'll pick Danbury this time. All right. I'm going to make a switch. I'm going to say Binghamton. Okay. So we're doing that split. Okay. All right. Elmira at Columbus. <laughs> I'm sorry, Elmira fans. I'm sorry. Columbus in overtime. I'll give Amara a point. <laughs> You're giving them a you know, Amara, point. Okay. No, Amara's been surprising at times this year. They That's true. That's they, true. They can pull games out of their ass at the most random times. Yeah. All right. And then uh we finally have uh Baton Rouge and Mississippi once again. I'm gonna take a Mississippi sweep. I'm taking a Baton Rouge sweep. Okay. We're splitting on that. Finally, Watertown at Port Huron. I'm going to take Watertown to get two out of three. I'm going to pick Port Huron here. I'm going to give them one. Now, are we going to talk about the Wednesday game as well? Um, yeah, let's just go and talk about it just in case we don't record before then. Carolina yeah. at Columbus. This is... There's a good Ooh. chance this could help determine uh, a potential spot uh, where, you know, a playoff seating. seating no. We're like looking at, we're starting to reach that point where these games start to really matter. Well, yeah, it wasn't between these two down. Teams, that's who it's going to be between. Yeah. Like, um, I think this game's going to be a coin flip. I take Columbus, though. I think Columbus is going to win the coin flip. It is in Columbus. If it was, I, I'm going to pick Columbus because if it was in Winston-Salem, I'd pick Carolina. Like, it's just whoever's the home team in the situation right now. Mm. Although, ooh. No, I'm going to still pick Columbus, but it is a Wednesday night. It's not going to be as filled. All right. Interesting. All right. All right. Now on to the, to the – oh, I almost said Southern Pro, but that's technically not correct anymore. Yes. <laughs> All right. Uh, are you ready to go ahead and get started? I know you had some stuff you wanted to talk about real quick before. Oh, yeah. But the, so, <laughs> I, 
Ah, Roanoke and Knoxville. What the hell happened? Like, Bites. okay. Uh, these, I mean, so to set the stage, uh, it was 3-1 Roanoke, like, in, like heading towards, like, midway point of the third. But then they got kind of, I think they got, like, two quick goals to make a 5-1. And that's when all hell broke loose because Justin Pertillo decided to go after a dude. Mm. Literally all hell broke loose within, like, yeah. the, the next, like, five minutes. Uh, multiple fights. A player basically fighting into the player bench. Not only that, but Dan Bremner being the king that he is, standing on the bench, like standing on the board, yelling at Andrew Harrison, like from like the side of the freaking stanchion, the the divider between the benches, and then the divider itself collapsed at one point because mm-hmm. the teams were pushing on it. Like, what the ever-loving hell? You know, I've watched a lot of hockey. It's rare that I see th- something new. That was something new. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm always shocked when I see something new with hockey because the bar just has to keep getting raised for me to see something new. <laughs> what in the world? And then, to top it all off, when Dan Bremer mm-hmm. got ejected afterwards, because of course he did, he taunted the Knoxville fans in attendance by by pointing and flashing the championship ring and just yeah. running off. Absolute yeah. team shit. <laughs> Holy hell! And the best part about it, he was he didn't get suspended for anything. Yeah, it's amazing. So the there were three only three players got suspended in that situation. Somehow, uh, Roanoke uh, saw Leonard three games. Uh, actually, two of the of the games were because he occurred his third uh, game as Conic of the season, and then one game for uh, an unpenalized slashing. And I remember that slash too. Uh, he actually slashed Portillo because he went after a player like uh, one. Of, I think he went after Marcinkiewicz. Just. For no reason, just jumped him basically. Yeah. So that, so I can see why that was uh, called. All and, right. Knoxville's uh, Cole McKechnie, seven games. He was mm-hmm. the one who was basically trying to fight into the Roanoke bench. And he was like, he was doing a bunch of shit. Um, seven games. He also got a match penalty for cross checking, like, like, yeah, he, he was done. And then the main course, Justin Portillo, 16 games. Mm-hmm. So let's see. Three games under rules uh, for leaving the bench. Five games for occurring his third and fourth game as conduct of the season because he got two of them. And then eight games as an additional eight as well. I like to point out at one point, um, because of the whole issue, I wrote somebody on the road bench literally threw, and I mean like MLB pitcher threw Justin Portillo's glove back into the Knoxville bench. You just see the camera, yeah. like you're watching the, the feed, and all of a sudden you just see a, 
a, a freaking glove go flying. <laughs> what in the world? I just remembering watching, like watching it back, like in awe. It's rare that I'm in awe of yeah. any craziness, but that that was magical. That was absolutely magical. 16 games for Justin Portillo. Man, like I said, this goes back to what I was saying earlier. If uh, if the had the new Fed rules, Andrew Harrison would be, would be off the bench for a while. Yeah. Yeah. And All right. I should know, here's the crazy part. He was like patting the back of players too that were in this incident. Which maybe yeah. they should have that rule. Yeah. <laughs> Next time you'll see right. Justin is Leap Day against Huntsville. Yep. All right. Anyway, it's now time to go and start talking about the SBHL standings. Mark, are you ready to talk about them? Yeah, yeah, I guess. All right. So now we have, let's start off with Birmingham. Uh, still sitting at number one, uh, point ahead right now of Fayetteville. Uh, they're currently 8-0, 1-1 in their past 10. They are on... A 15-game fire streak. Yes. Holy hell. They've gotten... Let's see here. 26 points out of a possible 30 in those last 15 games. They have been insane. Yeah. Um, But the thing is, though, they, despite it, they are only one point ahead. They're only they're only five points ahead of fourth. Mm-hmm. That yeah, I mean the, the SPHL right now is super tight. Like five through one, there's only uh, it's a ten point difference. Yes, but that can be easily kind of made up real quick. Is this is this the most top heavy SPHL that we've seen? Maybe this is Maybe. this starting to get to a point. Um. So yeah, Birmingham's in first, but one point behind them, literally a difference of Birmingham has an extra post regulation loss, seven regulation loss, Fayetteville. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean Fayetteville's also been playing super well. They have the entire season. I think that's something that, that we need to mention. That this is a team that I think everyone kind of had written off, including myself, at the beginning of the season. Now. They, they've been making a statement where no one can ignore them anymore. Here's what I'm just saying there. in relation to Fayetteville compared to Birmingham. Birmingham, yeah, they're on this insane hot streak, but they didn't start out like that. Fayetteville has been pretty much consistent throughout this whole year. Mm-hmm. So, honestly, I'm not going to lie. I feel a little bit more confident in Fayetteville than I do Birmingham right now. Yeah, I, I, that's a fair statement also. <sighs> All right. Well, Mark, are you ready to talk about your Peoria Riffermen? Eh, honestly, this past weekend, I'm not gonna lie. I expected the split that we got. That was actually, get a split. Uh, yeah, because the one, one, and one, like one, one game, lost in regulation, one game, one, uh, and lost another game in past regulation. Like honestly, that's not bad. That's mm-hmm. for a Southern road trip. That's not too bad. Not too bad, eh? All right. Honestly, like honestly, uh, well, I'm not going to complain too much, like that, because with them, we're coming back home. We're good at home. We we'll, we can take care of business. 
Well, you know, I mentioned before the show, I mentioned to Mark, I have a little bit of, because, of, you know, Mark, who, who did Sweet Peoria over the weekend? <laughs> Mark named the team. Well, it wasn't Pensacola, I can tell you that. I don't know what the hell has happened with them. Mark, you say who the team was. Had hey, those bitches in northern Alabama. <laughs> <laughs> He's talking about my hustle having. Now, Mark, like I said, I mentioned uh, that I have a bit of a, a, a of a prop. There we go. Ah, to celebrate ah, this achievement of sweeping the Pure Ripon for the first time, I believe, in franchise history in a regular season. So, hang on, just so everyone can hear. You're, you're saying that, but you know, realize they play each other this weekend, right? I said in a series. I didn't say during a season. Ah, uh, just because I have classes tomorrow, I I, I am enjoying a out of California uh, manufacturing. Come on, where the, the heads with the manufacturing, manufacturing Concord, Massachusetts, the famous Welch's brand sparkling white grape. Mark, mm. yeah, mm. yeah, I can't really celebrate anything with your Alabama football team, man. Eh? Uh. I I I I'm doing speakable things to you one day. All right. I to be fair, I offered you to come up. I did. Oh, like, uh, uh, okay. Anyway, Roanoke. Your thoughts? I don't know what to think of them. They're they're better. They're game. They're on a hot streak right now. They've won five straight games. They're eight and two in their last ten. I just didn't expect yeah. that. Like. It, it, I think they're back to where they should be, but man, I just I... want to also—I just want to really quick, quickly point out something. They're only fourth in penalty minutes, so <laughs> after well, their kind of outburst um, this weekend. So if you look at their goals for and goals against, they aren't exactly a very offensive team. <laughs> they aren't getting a lot of goals yeah. for the most part. It's their goals against that's honestly really good. Like only sixty-eight mm-hmm. goals against. Um, that's like third in the league, like that. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, Roto gets fifth in offense. Pure is actually first somehow. I don't know how. Um, but the Roto gets a, there's not oddly enough, there's not a lot of goals in those games. Mm-hmm. It feels like that. there's not a lot of goals, but it's in their favor. It's in their favor, and they're it's coming off the back of like Rotobus and Brody Clay's is also having a really good year now too. Like Roanoke lives and dies by their goaltenders mm-hmm. because the weekend they didn't have uh, the weekend they came down to Peoria, they didn't have Rotobus, and they got swept by Peoria. They live and die yeah. with those two. If they are off, they're fucked. Mm. They have to hope that the the tandem can keep them going, which honestly is very possible. Mm. Well, yeah, very fair statement. But uh, let's go and move on to Huntsville real quick once again. My team did extremely well. I'm happy. We haven't done a super well in a weekend in a while, so I'm going to take what we can get. So, yeah. All right, Pensacola. Um, what, what a what a downfall. Yeah. What the hell? Huh? Like I said. Literally, 
Pensac like because the game against Peoria in in Pensacola, uh, a couple like a few weeks ago, like a month ago or so, and this past weekend are like night and day. The Pensacola team has changed for the worse. I don't know what the hell's happened. I don't know if they just had like if they've had certain players called up, if they've had certain injuries. I don't know what has changed, but whatever has changed needs to be fixed now because Evansville starting to figure out their shit as long as they have Cole Cece on their mm-hmm. roster. Legitimately, that's who it matters. We'll get to them in a moment. And if Quasini can figure out whatever the frick they're doing, I mean, got like they're going to fall out of the wayside here. Like they they gotta figure something out now to try to salvage some seating here. Mm. All right, yeah, uh, Evansville. Um, they 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 they've at least pulled themselves out of ninth. We give them that. Legit. Want to know why? They why? lost Cole CC. They started losing. They got him back this weekend. They won both games against Quad City, and only allowed one goal between both games. Mm. This dude is legitimately. We were talking about like I was talking about with Roanoke. They live and die by their goal turns. Evansville lives and dies by Cole CC. Mm. Especially yeah. since, um, actually, I, I saw the uh, transactions today. Evansville just lost their Bear Gannon off. Mm, I did see that. Yeah, he just got called to the ECHL. That's they don't have much offensive power, firepower as it is, and they just lost like their biggest weapon. Yeah. <laughs> Again, so. Cole CC is the only thing keeping Evansville alive right now. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Very true. Um. Then we also, uh, Quad City, it was like for a moment, there was like a fleeting moment where they looked like they were going to maybe yeah, were have it together. Ass. And then They were kicking ass, especially at home. Yeah. Now, to be fair, they were on the road this weekend, but so it still might be there. And they technically do have a better percentage than um, Evansville. Mm. But they got they definitely need to figure something out real fast because you don't want maybe Knoxville to figure something out and then you can be back on the outside looking in. Like, these four teams, like these, I say Evansville, Quad City, and we'll talk about Knoxville too. They are the three teams that one of them is going to be on the outside looking in, and they're basically just trying to fight off, like not to be that one team. Mm. It'd be wild if it was Knoxville, though. And speaking yeah. of Knoxville, what the hey. hell? What the hell? Y'all have lost nine straight. You did whatever the fuck that was this past weekend against Roanoke. Mark, this is a, this is what you call a team that is finally realizing they need to rebuild a little bit. Well, here's the thing. You know, I'm going to actually call out an entire fan base here. So, I'm sure, so I'm sure you're excited. Sounds about like this. me. Sounds like me. Um. Knoxville fans, I know you're pissed. I understand that you're pissed, and you deserve to be pissed. Because, you know what? As much as the Riverman gets shit, 
they also get sit because they are actually typically pretty successful in the regular season. They typically have good teams all the time. So couldn't win a cup for twenty for ten years though. We literally won a cup two years ago. I I, I, I just said to, it took you ten years. <laughs> well, hey, it's still more recent than Knoxville. True. Um, and speaking of Knoxville, you guys are pissed about you know the management of this team right now and everything. Like you're you're pissed. Like you don't like this. How about I hate to say this, but don't go to games then. And the reason why I'm saying this is that this, as it stands right now, attendance for Knoxville is the second highest it's ever been. The only time it's been higher was last year. Mm-hmm. So either figure shit out, like like Knoxville fans, if you are really pissed, and you deserve to be pissed, I'm saying that because you are a great franchise, but you're turning into the Toronto Maple Leafs of the of the SPHL, where all your cups were basically in the in the old era, where the league was not great. I'm going to be real blunt. And now that there's actual other good teams, you can't do shit. Like you're turning into the Toronto Maple Leafs, and you deserve better than that. You deserve better than that. So yeah. Pro, I, I would start protesting. Don't go to games. Don't support this management who seems to be pretty complacent in not really giving a shit about the current team. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Uh, then finally we have the Making Mayhem. Um, well, their fans are, have already boycotted. Oh, oh, shut up, Mark. Okay. <laughs> anyway. Uh, I'm. You know, uh, God, it feels like with this team, it's always one step forward, three steps back. You know, and I hate you know, that. I give them crap for their attendance, but you know, it's not too bad this year. Yeah, you know, they're actually having uh, new ownership has been wonders for the team for the team they, besides they, the on ice they've product. Legitimately, they're at over two thousand right now. Yeah, and now they're actually past college football season two. Mm-hmm. So and so, honestly. You know, I'm going to make a bold prediction. All right. There's a chance. There's a legit chance. Because they're, they're on pace right now, if they keep the attendance up, that they're going to be the third highest attendance they've ever had. You know what? Try to make it the most. The most they've ever yeah. had was 2,391 average. They have time to to build that up. They definitely have time. So you know what? Do it. I want to see you guys do it. Because, yeah. you know, historically, and you know this, and I think other people know this too, I've been hard on the franchise because they really have been lucky to survive with the attempts that they've had. Yeah. And given the different, the consultation ownership, ownership seems to, to agree. Yeah. But, all right. Yeah, so... Keep going to games. They they are trying down there because I don't want to see a team completely lose. Like yeah. we already seen that last year. Heck, we're almost at the one year anniversary of that. Um, and I just don't want to see it again. It, it, it'd be nice to have some real stability in this league and maybe grow on it. Hint, hint. Yeah. yeah. 
All right. All right. So I think that's just it for our show this week. Nope. Unless you got anything else? We got to talk about the games. Oh, yes. I forgot about that. You, you, this is like two or three years ago that you've done this. Because, well, I have a reason this week. I, I've been, uh, you know, I'm sad. I'm sad that we've lost Saban. I've been thinking about that. <laughs> all right. Uh, Friday. Uh, all right. Fayetteville at Macon. Fayetteville. Yeah. All right. Evansville at Knoxville. Take bull. Uh, um. <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, our Evansville. Evansville. Take Evansville. Same. As long as they have Cole Ceci, I, I, I believe in Cole Ceci. I'm okay. scared of him, but I believe in him. Quad City at Birmingham. <laughs> Birmingham. Birmingham. Yeah. <laughs> Roanoke at Pensacola. I'm going to take Roanoke. Yeah, I'm taking Roanoke. All right, Huntsville at Peoria. I'm going to take Huntsville. You really, okay, question. Are you taking them in regulation or not? I'm going to take regulation. So you're saying that Huntsville's going on Friday, they're going to be the first team to beat Peoria regulation at home? Yes. Because that, that is what you were saying, because the Rivermen have not lost a regulation yet at home. I'm okay, taking I'm going to take Huntsville to beat that streak. I'm taking Peoria on Friday. All right. Saturday, Fayetteville at Macon once again. I'm going to take Fayetteville. You know, I'm for the funny. Let's go Macon. Okay. Evansville at Knoxville. And Cole CC we trust. All right. I'm going to tell you, it was also Quad City at Birmingham. Birmingham. I'm going to call for a, a potential switch. I'm calling for Quad City with the Fayetteville. Uh, the Fayetteville going to take over that number one spot. Ooh. Okay. Okay. But it won't last long. You'll see. All right, Roanoke at Pensacola. You know what? Pensacola. All right. I'm going to take Roanoke still. Huntsville at Peoria. I'm going to take Peoria. I'm going to take Huntsville in past regulation. All right. Then Sunday, we have one game, Huntsville at Peoria again. I'm going to take Huntsville, but an OT. I'm going to take Peoria past regulation. All right. Uh, then we have our two MLK Day games, Quad City and Macon. Okay, I see what you mean. Uh, I'll take Quad City. All right, I'm going to take Quad City also. Then Knoxville at Birmingham. I'm going to take Birmingham. Birmingham will regain that number uh, one seat. Yeah, once I see that, I'm like, okay, I see what you mean now. Yeah, I'm taking Birmingham. Yeah. All right. Well, that is now it for the show. Uh, I've, I've been Miley Rando. Still depressed with Saban. Bye bye. Uh, Mark, where can people find you? You can find me on Twitter. That's Prospector Hockey. That's Prospector H C K Y. All right. And I'm Ben Miley Randall. You can find me on Twitter at not MLR. But until then, we'll see you guys next week. Later. <laughs>